Welcome to episode 9 of the Welding Codex. This is a podcast for those who want to learn more about the technical side of welding. We're going to talk about philosophy of welding, welding codes, welding defects, metallurgy, and subjects that would generally bore the rest of the population to tears. In this episode, welding engineers and CWIs Peter Kinney and Gary Pace continue to rehash AWS D1.1 structural steel welding code. This episode covers part D requirements for CVN testing in clause four. Anyhow, thanks for joining us. Note, Pete and Gary bounced back and forth between the code editions 2015 and 2020 during the course of this episode. So we will apologize beforehand if the podcast gets a little off track and turns into an Abbott and Costello routine. Okay, before we get into this episode this is going to be a pretty short little podcast here because we only got five six ten minutes of material so before we get into pete and i talking about cvn testing i'm going to cover some material that kind of sets the table for what is cvn testing why do we care about impact testing toughness etc toughness characterizes a material's ability to absorb energy without breaking it is the opposite of brittleness the manner in which absorbed energy is dissipated is different for breaks in tough and brittle materials. Fracture toughness is an indication of the amount of stress required to propagate a pre-existing flaw. The fracture toughness of a metal depends on the following factors. Metal composition, metal temperature, extent of deformation to the crystal structure, metal grain size, and metal crystalline form. A Charpy impact is the most common, and then there's one called an Izod. I've never dealt with the Izod, probably mispronouncing it. Um, these m- measure the resistance to sudden impact. It's notch toughness. The results are used for comparisons. Um, specimens are usually chilled to 20, 0, minus 20, minus 50, just depending on what your customer, client, and design requirements are. A Sharpie, they're just, um, they chop a notch in it. They machine a notch into the a little metal sample, and then they cool it to that temperature, and they hit it with a hammer. An Izod is a V-notch, and it's vertical, and it's at one end. It's a different animal than the um, Sharpie V-notch. Sharpie V-notch test employs a square bar, 55 millimeters by 10 millimeters by 10 millimeters, with a 2 millimeter deep notch on one side. The test apparatus has a swinging pendulum that is released from a specific height, striking the specimen at the bottom of the pendulum swing. The test specimen is fractured, absorbing energy by slowing it down. The pendulum such that it does not swing up as high as it would on the free swing, i.e. no specimen in the holder. A calibrated scale on the apparatus converts the height of the pendulum swing to the energy absorbed by the breaking specimen in foot-pounds of force. Low alloy steels exhibit a ductile to brittle transition with decreasing temperature. It should be noted that tests are usually performed in triplicate because of scatter in the test results. So you're going to do, they usually do three of these tests, maybe four or five depending, and if you got one that's weird or bad, they'll throw it out, depending on contract and who you're working for. But there's a couple of different ways that that can be done. But you don't just do one Sharpie. Sharpie V-notch test employs a square bar 55 millimeters by 10 millimeters by 10 millimeters with a 2 millimeter deep notch on one side. The test apparatus has a swinging pendulum that is released from a specific height, 
striking the specimen at the bottom of the pendulum swing. The test specimen is fractured, absorbing energy by slowing it down. The pendulum such that it does not swing up as high as it would on the free swing, i.e. no specimen in the holder. A calibrated scale on the apparatus converts the height of the pendulum swing to the energy absorbed by the braking specimen in foot-pounds of force. Low alloy steels exhibit a ductile to brittle transition with decreasing temperature. It should be noted that tests are usually performed in triplicate because of scatter in the test results. So you're going to do, they usually do three of these tests, maybe four or five depending, and if you got one that's weird or bad, they'll throw it out, depending on contract and who you're working for. But there's a couple of different ways that that can be done. But you don't just do one Sharpie. Part D, requirements for CVN testing. We're going to get into CVN testing. I want to throw this in Pete's direction because he's a lot more knowledgeable in regards to CVN testing than I am. But CVN testing is impact testing. Impact testing is where you need a material to take a certain amount of abuse at a lower temperature. So, you know, hitting it with a big hammer, is this material going to fail when we've got it in Fairbanks, Alaska at minus 40 and a truck drives across it or whatever the situation is? That's what we're talking about CVN testing. Because steel, as I discussed before, goes through a ductile to brittle transition temperature, depending on the steel, but your garden variety coat hanger type steel goes through that ductile to brittle temperature transition at about freezing, 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So we know that there's a lot of places in the North American continent, North Dakota, Montana, Alaska, wherever, that you're going to have temperatures that are way lower than 32 degrees. So we need to build into our welding procedures a testing criteria that accounts for that temperature and its impact testing and it's to keep failures from happening in that manner. I'm going to throw this to you, Pete, now that I've kind of got the little preamble about CVN testing thrown in there. So your thing, you run with it, big guy. All right. So as Gary was saying, CVN or Sharpie V-notch testing um, is for your either cold weather or to prove out you have a toughness at a certain at, at a certain temperature, and sometimes there are uh, CVN testing at sometimes call that at room temperature. It's more of a base metal thing, but it can be at not just cold temperatures. Whenever you're setting up to run these, one thing you want to do uh, to help save you money is make sure you're doing it on base metal that has is either pre-qualified at the mill as having CVN testing. Because the last thing you want to do is use a poor grade of base metal and have the base metal is what fails your your CVNs. So you can also do a combination of two qualifications as long as, let's say, if you have a, uh, a stick plus a subarc procedure, you can combine them as long as both of them have CVN testing. You can also go back after the fact and let's say you qualified procedure A without CVN testing. Later on, 10 years down the road, you want to qualify it with CVN testing. You don't have to redo the whole thing. You can add on the CVN testing as long as you run your, your WPS, you document your parameters, and then you can take the uh, CVN tests out of it. The test locations uh, for AWS has a nice little diagram where depending on what kind of groove joint you have, it shows you where you take them from. You're either taking them from weld center line 
and the HAZ, or you may have you may have to take multiple uh, from different positions if you have a back gouge procedure, uh, a different thickness in the plate. Uh, you look at in the 2020 version, it's figure 6.28. All right, the CVN tests, you can either do three CVN specimens per location, or you can do five CVNs and you drop the highest and lowest value. Both of them are completely acceptable uh, to do. I will caution that even on the five specimen, if you do five and you drop something that is extremely low, it's you still report it. It's going to raise a lot of eyebrows on why was that specimen extremely low. In a lot of their codes, you only do three. You report all three. There's no dropping or anything like that. The best uh, size that you do the specimen on is a 10 millimeter square bar. That's common. It's about three eighths. Unless you're in thinner material, then you can do what are called subsize specimens. And there's a table uh, six. Point fourteen is in the 2020 that uh, talks about the what subsize specimens you do, but it's always best to do full sized whenever whenever possible. The figure 628 is where it shows you where you take them from. You have to the test lab will do all this, but they'll remove it, they'll etch it, find where the center line is, and they'll do all the notching and the temperature, which of what you do the testing at, that'll all be in the contract document. Because this code doesn't cover where in the world this possibly could be, but that's where the contract will come in and say, do you do it at zero? Do you do it at 32? Do you do it at negative 20, negative 10, negative 50? And you, once you start getting a lot colder, this is where you also really need to start watching your parameters and your filler metal to be able to meet those type of, type of uh, values. All right, so that wraps up Clause 5, Episode 9 where we talk about CVNs, impact testing, Sharpies, and toughness. Thanks for listening. Hope this podcast was worth listening to. We're going to have more content coming out. Also, if you want to shoot me an email, gpacex at gmail.com. Give me some ideas, or maybe there's some questions that you'd like me and Pete or me and Joel to answer in regards to welding, welding codes, filler material, or any other material joining question that you might think we have a shot in hell of answering anyways thanks for listening take care pace out if you like these podcasts stop by my website texasweldingengineering.com and go to the donation page use paypal throw me a dollar or two so that the next time we hit the local dairy queen we can get a large chocolate chip cookie dough blizzard also if you're looking for cwi training at a reasonable price check out train dash eng.com also if you're not familiar with my youtube channel there's a bunch of youtube videos on there if you just do a google search under gary pace welding asme or aws d1.1 there's a bunch of videos on there check those out too if you're interested